Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey y'all, I'm Jules. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa, the show that encourages and helps you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly, what's up? Hey Jules, how are you? I'm good. I, I know we're a little punchy. <laughs> yeah, we did just a little punchy. And um, I know that our voices are going to be going into the stratosphere today because we have a special guest. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> but who is it? Can our audience guess? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Kathy. Yay. Yay. Do, 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 do. Comes riding in on her podcast horsey. (laughs) Hi, Jules. Hey, Kathy. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kathy. (laughs) Oh, wait, I didn't make my horsey noises. Clop, 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 clop. Sorry. We've been having a little bit of punchy time before we got on this, so you guys are in for a roller coaster ride. But you know what, Kathy? We have had you on the podcast for like four years now. And I don't think we've had you talk about what you do at all. <laughs> um, I mean, aside from the, 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 the constellation workshop or the constellation uh, podcasts that we're doing, um, we haven't really talked about you and your background. And so I want to, before we get into the mythology series that we're doing today on Icarus, I want people to understand why you rock so hard. And so why don't we, you know, because I mean, even if we did it, we might have very back in the beginning. That was four years ago and nobody remembers. I don't remember. They can't possibly remember. Right. I so, need a refresher. There you go. 
So, uh, you know, go over your, your uh, CV with us. Not, not the full thing, because that would take the entire episode and like five more. But, you know, the, the highlights. Okay. So, um, oh, I am one of those consummate left brain, right brain balanced people. So I have, um, I will take the right brain side because that's really most relevant to the podcast mythos ritual things is that um, for more than eek 35, going on 40 years now, um, I have been involved in the neo-pagan magical transformational community, um, studied with a shaman, learned how to do transformational ritual. Um, for 18 years, I did a, tra- a transformational um, intensive event, five days long, taking people through profound experiences. Um, I got into constellation work because that's essentially a transformational ritual format. Um, I got into... Um, a number of different other energy modalities and trainings and practices, all as part of that. Um, I got a doctorate in the dynamics of uh, transformation, uh, in how you make change in human systems. And it started, I started out looking at it in terms of organizations, which said that organizations don't change, people do. And then if you want to look at how people change, you go into psychology and psychotherapy. So that was the next branch of literature I jumped into. And psychotherapy talks about the importance of, get this, listeners, ha-ha, talks about the importance of um, positive experiential ritual and the shaman effect to all transformational efforts that are effective. And I went, ooh, positive experiential ritual and the shaman effect. Well, how do you study that? Well, that took me off over into theater anthropology because theater anthropology is the disciplinary area that talks about how that works. You know, it talks about ritual and theater and, and how that's along a, a polarity of um, from the magical to the mundane. You know, in theater or to the movies that is not transformational, you go and you are entertained, but you leave the theater more or less the same way, the same person you came in. If you go to a transformational experience or event or even a transformational movie, there's something about the experience that transforms you and you leave different. You see the world differently than when you came before you had that experience. And that basically all theater, all ritual runs along that um, polarity line. I mean, I could talk about that for days, too, and we don't have time to do that. But I went from theater anthropology into Western esoteric studies because I wanted to look at how we in Western culture, because that's, you know, I'm here in the United States and that's what I know, is how we in Western culture have looked at transformation from an esoteric viewpoint. And synthesizing that all together, I came up with a model distilled out of that emerged a model of what it takes to make an, an, any experience profoundly transformational, which is then, you know, learn and use at your own risk because it is, it will make things profoundly transformational. And if you're not prepared for those outcomes, don't do it because you don't want to take people down a powerful transformational experience path and then abandon them because you don't know what to do with it when they're like going, whoa, what do I do now? Kind of thing. Um, I feel so like we're I back have, in the beginning of the podcast again with the, you know, here's how not to blow yourself up. Only this time it's here now to blow how not to blow others up, right? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so that was the doctorate and I did ultimately get to graduate. And uh, the fun part about confirming that it was just even the research was transformational was my dissertational quit- committee quit three times. 
I had to get new dissertational committee members to sit in judgment of my work. And I didn't figure it out until the end when the people who did stay with me said, you need to understand just reading what you have put together changed us. I went, oh, that's why everybody else ran away. They felt that coming on and they went, no, no, got to run away, go someplace else now. That is the brief summary. The other track is a lot shorter. I'm also a CPA. I was the domestic controller of the United States for a Fortune 500 company. Um, I've been in accounting and finance for a long time. I've done international audit for years. I've lived all over the face of the planet, um, you know, doing international audit. And uh, I have a broad background in numbers and analysis. So that'd be me. In fact, you were a math major, if I recall. Yeah, my undergraduate was double major math and Spanish because I had lived in Argentina for a little bit before that. And then I got a master's of science in accountancy all in like four years. <laughs> You're such an underachiever. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, in case you missed it, Kathy's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Jim. I even like her. She's an auditor. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's yep. what I do for my big girl job. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, somebody's got it. You know, it takes a particular mindset. So um, I was actually tested once for right brain, left brain thinking, and they thought their their testing thing was wrong because they tested me and it was on your brain and, you know, the, the dot's supposed to move around on the model and it wasn't moving. It vibrated a little bit in place, but it stayed in the center. And then they go, okay, something's wrong. We got to do it again. And they did it again. And it vibrated a little and stayed in the center. And they said, okay. And they reconfigured everything and they did it all again. And they finally said, it's not us. It's you. You're the most whole brain person we've tested. And I went, oh, okay. Thank you. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not us. It's you. Yeah. yeah. The worst breakup line ever. <laughs> yep. Our software That's is not awesome. broken. It's you. That's it. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just, we hadn't done a little intro on you, on you in a while. So I thought it was relevant for us to, to mention it. So we're talking about Icarus today. So Icarus and Daedalus, actually, because the story of Icarus doesn't exist without Daedalus, right? So, um, but most people know the story of Icarus. And uh, if, if they know the story, they know it as, you know, Daedalus and Icarus built a set of wings so that they could, so that Icarus could fly. They built it with the wings, you know, glued together with wax. And the, the deal that Daedalus said was don't fly too close to the sun or else the wax is going to melt and then you're going to fall. And Icarus did and he fell. And that's basically the story that if you go back to your high school mythology class, that's what you remember from this. But it's much more complex than that, right? Yes. Actually, it's got a lot more going on. It's, it's got the usual Greek stuff with all kinds of bestiality and all other kinds of things. It's, it's totally amazing. <laughs> so Daedalus was Icarus's father. But when Daedalus was just being Daedalus before he had a son. Um, he was uh, he, he was a brilliant sculptor. The whole a lot of the overarching theme of this story is hubris, you know, and and it, not paying attention to uh, reasonable constraints, right? Um, and uh, but anyway, he was a brilliant sculptor, high in demand, the whole thing. And his uh, a nephew came to study with him, 
And the, the nephew was even going to surpass Daedalus in talent. Guy was brilliant. So Daedalus didn't want to be surpassed. So he threw the nephew over a cliff. Okay. I'm telling you, this story is way, way, way more interesting than that. So he threw the nephew over the cliff and one of the goddesses saved the nephew, right? Turned him into a bird. But they caught him. They caught Daedalus, you know, trying to commit murder, basically. And they kicked him out. Okay. So he went off to... um, to basically was hired by King Minos. And he, Daedalus is the guy that built the labyrinth for the Minotaur. We did a, an episode on the Minotaur. So if you guys don't remember that, you can go back and listen to it. It's episode number 87 from February of 2020. There you go. Look at you right on top of that. So Daedalus <laughs> was the one who helped build the labyrinth, but he didn't like, I mean, he wanted to get away from Minos. He, he was not happy with some of the stuff that was going on there. The bestiality was, you know, the Minotaur came from half man, half bull because Minos's li- wife slept with Poseidon's bull, right? And that's how, that's, that's how the, the Minotaur got created. And, um, and they built the labyrinth to kind of hide it in, and lock it in kind of thing. And then Minos decided, or Minos decided it was good to sacrifice people to it and Basically, Daedalus decided that, yeah, you know, I'm not really cool with all this. This is obviously in Greece, they didn't say cool, but, you know, whatever. Um, they wanted to escape and Minos was going to put him in prison. So the the wings, by this point, he'd ha- had a son who was Icarus with a slave woman and that the son was a young man and he loved him. And he he and his son were going to escape this island and they were going to do it with wings so he studied the birds and he studied you know how the feathers were all laid out all that good stuff and he built wings but because he's brilliant sculptor brilliant inventor really knows the stuff but he tells icarus he says icarus he says you cannot fly too high because the wax in the wings will melt and you cannot fly too low there was a too low piece to this that I didn't remember until I went looking for it. You cannot fly too low or the fogs and the mist of the ocean and the earth will cause the feathers to gum up and stick together. And also you will not be able to fly. You will crash and we're flying over the ocean. So follow me, stay within this golden space. You know, we call it a golden space, right? The golden ratio, the not too high, not too low. Follow me and we'll be fine. Well, so, you know, he built the wings. They're escaping, right? Yay, prison break. Okay. And they're flying over the ocean. And Icarus is like, hey, this flying thing, this is cool. Yay, I'm going to, you know, screw dad. You know, every teenage boy everywhere. (laughs) I'm not listening to that old fart. You know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. This is cool. And so he obviously doesn't want to fly down to the ocean because if you're flying, who wants to go to the water, right? So he doesn't care about the too low. He's going for the too high. So he's going to go up just absolutely as far and as high as he can go and just see the expanse of the world from that perspective. But the sun melted the wax in his wings and all the wings fell out and all he was then had left to flap was his arms and that was not enough to keep him aloft and he fell into the ocean and drowned. And so his father was heartbroken. And uh, apparently that area of the ocean is called the Icarian Sea, um, you know, from where he supposedly fell in and drowned there. And they uh, supposedly found his body and buried him. And the father, Daedalus, was sitting by the grave crying for his son, who died from hubris, right? And who flies up but the little bird? 
of the nephew that he threw over the cliff to say, see, I'm sure, again, these weren't the words, but the equivalent is karma's a bitch. There's a whole bunch of things in here about being comfortable with your gifts and not being concerned if somebody surpasses you. That was Daedalus's first issue, okay? Um, to, to not be overly ambitious, right? The, the hubris piece, but to don't, don't set your goals too low either. You know, don't fly too close to the ground because that also has negative consequences. You'll never get the lift. You'll never get the, the distance that you're looking for the, to accomplish what it is you're setting out to accomplish. Um, and, you know, learn from others, right? You know, the guidance was being given to say, you know, this is how things work and this is how you can make it work and here's how you can pass safely. And it was kind of like, ah, I'm not listening. So there was, um, again, like many of these stories and myths, there's multiple layers of, of teachings, of things to learn about human nature and the ways in which we trip over ourselves um, it, that are, you know, these are teaching tools. It's kind of like here, you know, find that golden space, you know, put energy into something. Don't, don't hang back too much, but don't like, you know, go crazy with it. Listen to those who have good guidance, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, like I said, it was a much more involved story than I realized. I was like, wow. It just makes me think of the TikTok witches and the, uh, that's exactly what I thought of. Right. Totally. Like you can't curse the moon and you can't curse the fae. It's like, hold my beer, right? I'm going to go do it because I'm an idiot. Right. Like, how about you say, why can't I do that before you decide you're going to? Because it is, yeah. If somebody says you can't, it usually means not necessarily that it can't be done, but that it's a really supremely stupid idea. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It is unlikely, especially in magical context, because magic is one of those things that is eminently malleable and movable and whatever. So there are very few things that are truly impossible within a magical context. Um, so if you're told it can't be done, it's usually because it's supremely stupid to do it. Right. And so, you know, but this again is that hubris piece. It's the I know better than the person who's got the experience who's trying to explain it to me. They're just being unduly cautious or whatever. It's like, no, what if you're new to this, what you need to know is that we were new once too, and we did all the stupid shit that you want to do right now. And we we got hurt by it and we're trying to keep you from getting hurt by it. And we recognize that at some point you're gonna do something stupid anyway, because it, we all do. And you know, we, we're not gonna be mad at you for it. Okay. We're just we're just not gonna be mad at you for it because we all did stupid shit too. But we and are gonna fact, laugh at you. Very hard. We are going to point and laugh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we are going to do that, especially if we told you not to. You will get an I told you so before we help you fix it. Yes. There was one guy that um, I went to. A re- he was a teacher at a retreat kind of thing. And um, it's uh, him. I wouldn't laugh at what he did. And he totally he told it as a cautionary tale was he was a powerful, powerful energy worker. And he had this uh, desire to manifest big things. And he was running a certain type of energy through his body to manifest in a, in a massively amplified way. He burned out his kidneys. Man was on dialysis, okay? He, he died in his 50s because he burned out his kidneys in his late 20s, early 30s. And you can't stay on dialysis forever, 
You know, that's, that's not something that you can do. And he said, I had no kidney disease. He said, this was, this was strictly, I did this to myself. He said, and, and I, I teach what I teach and I teach the, the, the way that I teach and I teach the, the safeguards that I teach because I know what can happen when you don't. So in, in Chinese medicine, the kidneys hold the jing, which is the life force energy. And so if you burn out your kidneys, you literally shorten your life because that's where your life force energy is held. So, um, and running any sort of energy through your body is asking for problems. Running it through your chakra system, that's one thing. Running through your body is a different thing entirely. Yeah, and so. he, didn't, he didn't convert it. I mean, even the chakras convert energy between the different chakras, right? There's a one kind of energy that comes in at the root and there's another one that comes in at the second. And it, the energy is, is changing as it moves through your system to be in alignment with that particular part of your physiology and your energetic body. He was treating himself like one gigantic pipeline that was wide open and he was running one kind of energy massively amplified through his body with no changes, just whoosh, you know, like jet engine fuel. Wow. And it was kind of like, yeah, very, very bad idea. Very bad idea. So the, and, and circling back to Icarus, right? You know, don't fly close to the sun. The, the wax will melt and you'll die. And he's like, ah, you know, it, it's hubris, right? I'm, I'm young, I'm invincible, I'm flying, you know, you know, this is all fine. And once wax starts to melt, then the, fo- the feathers start to fall, you're not going to get them back. It's kind of like, wait, wait, how do I fly and catch the feathers and cool the wax and stick it all back together? It's like you're toast. You don't. Yeah, that's right. You're toast. So some things, magical muck-ups are, yeah, okay, that hurt and, you know, don't do that again. But some things are really worth getting some opinions about. And if somebody is like us (laughs) who had a lot of experience and have learned from others who've had a lot of experience... And we say, don't, don't, don't. We're not being pains in the asses. We actually don't want to see you hurt yourselves. We'll never say don't do something just because we don't want you to be successful. It's always a, "Mm, this is a bad idea to do it this way. How about you do it this way instead? Or, "Mm, I'm not sure that's going to work. You can try it and see what happens. Or you could try it this way, right? (laughs) I don't know if that'll work. Yeah, energetically, maybe, but it seems a little janky. <laughs> you know, um, we we have those kind of conversations. You know, it's it's there are very structured magicians who do only the magic that's already been written down and that that's been tested and tried and true before. We are not those people. <laughs> we pull shit out of our ass and we do it on a regular basis and and we've done it for so long that we do have some tried and true things that we've discovered and worked on and learned from others and whatever but um, we also are very experienced in pulling shit out of our ass and, and making it work and so if you're somebody who likes to do your magic that way then you know having a little bit of a of a sense of <laughs> of what's working and what isn't is uh is useful and that's what the uh uh well i don't even know what the name of the program is i just blanked on it entirely (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna look it up on my website because i can't remember (laughs) 
It's been that kind of day. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not on the freaking website. <laughs> anyway, we have a program that I just rolled out last month that I've totally forgotten to link onto the website uh, that is uh, about figuring out how to uh, do your magic if you want to just uh, come in and do questions and answers and do your magic that way. Um, we are available for consultations in that fashion. Uh, it's a monthly program. We meet twice a month. And it is, uh, it's, it's the spiritual of a mentoring group is basically what it is. And if you're interested in getting involved, it's $500 a month, two calls a month, an hour each. And right now it's a pretty small group. Eventually it will get to be larger, but, um, right now it's, it's, two people who are in the group. So you'd be the third. So it's, you get a lot of attention that way. So uh, if you're interested, again, I said it's not on the website right now because I don't know why. But Because uh, <laughs> it's Mercury Retrograde somewhere. Mercury retrograde <laughs> because I'm, but yeah. And so if, if it's something you're interested in, just uh, reach out via email, kelly at kellysparta.com and, and I can get you connected and we can have a conversation about it, see if it's the right fit for you. But yes, this, this and all the things, right? Because when, when you get started in this work, it is overwhelming, right? I mean, Jewel, you're, you're doing this. You've been doing this with me for a couple of years now, right? Yeah. And actually that you're, you're, I know you're in my head reading my mind because it, it, you know, I'm, I just turned 50 this past year, right? But in this, um, world, I am in like, you know, first, second grade, uh, I'll say elementary school, not having anything to do with the, as you tell me, you know, that I'm a badass bitch in my own right. But, but with knowing how to do things, how to word things, how to, you know, if, if I'm doing a a, a sigil, right, how how to word it properly so that, you know, I I don't have unintended uh, consequences, right? Mm -hmm. So... And with this, with this story um, of Icarus, it's kind of like y'all were talking about, you know, where a lot, like a lot of young teenagers and all, where you know it's the son they're gonna ah poo poo on, you know, what dad said or poo poo on what the parents say. But it's it's even though I'm a woman, I'm still a youngin in in the woo woo world, right? So you know, as it, it doesn't matter your age. You know, it's that experience level that that's that's kind of my take on it. And, you know, even though Icarus may have me, however old that he was. Right. It's he did not have the experience that that his dad did and what would work. What, so he's just going to test those bounds. Right. And then kind of like Kathy, how you were talking about, you know, that that little happy space that he could fly in. Um, I kind of see that um, as like this is our path. And, you know, things are very easy when you stay in that path and on that path. When you step off of that path, either too high or too low, things get a little crappy, you mm-hmm. know. And, and so, you know, I was, yeah. I was kind of thinking of that, too, um, as, as you were telling the story, um, Kathy. So it's, it, I can see it getting very, very complex, you know. So listen to your elders, kids. They don't want to, you don't want you to blow yourself up. You know, and no blowing yourself up. No, That's and that. it's it's a lot of different ways, a lot of different things that you learn as you're coming into this. You know, and I can so relate to Kathy because I'm very analytical. <laughs> 
So I keep wanting to know the, but why, but how, but, 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 you know, and you kind of have to let that go. And, you know, with that structure and with that guidance from the elders, you know, then your, your other half of the brain takes over. And then, and I'm kid y'all not, it makes sense. It just does. Everything starts making sense. It's kind of like the ego. You need to tell the ego to shut the hell up for a minute. You know, that way your higher self can actually communicate with you. And, you know, all of the forces of nature are trying to work with you, you know, and telling your ego to shut up a minute, then get out your own way. And then you can progress down that path. Then you don't blow yourself up getting too close to the sun. So there yeah. you have it. That's <laughs> totally true. <laughs> yes. And, you know, this is the thing is that when you're when you're going through this, so if y'all haven't picked up a copy of my book yet, I'm going to give you a little bit of a of a teaser on the first chapter here, which is there, there are people who are, you know, the, the sages who come in and look for information for information's sake. There are the posers who are like, don't I look so good in my yoga pants, right? (laughs) I just almost got Pull the spitter coffee out. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> that was awesome. Lesson learned. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't drink when Kelly's talking. Okay. Don't drink when Kelly's talking. <laughs> that was awesome. But, but then you also have the doers. And the doers are the ones who are going to ultimately become the magicians. Right? They're the ones who have the opportunity to become magicians. Let me say that better. Um, and that's because they're willing to just sort of try shit out. It's like, hey, let's do this and let's do that. And wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? And you know, there's there's a lot to be said for that because when you do things, you get things, right? And when you do things, sometimes you get whacked. <laughs> you know, sometimes you do things badly. And oh, shit, that wasn't what I wanted. And ooh, now what do I do? Right? So those sorts of things. And, and, uh, and we've all been there. <laughs> we've all done it. I mean, I've, I've got some doozies of stories, as does Kathy, uh, where we did incredibly stupid things. And, uh, you know, we paid the price for them later and for months later in many cases. <laughs> but, you know, if... It's it's a no risk no reward kind of thing, right? And the there are some some guardrails though a little bit, you know, like mindfulness. You know, I, I one time with a friend of mine, we decided that uh, she had a, a vortex access to the archon of the Aeon. I had one, and I had permission to open another one that a third party had. We said, let's open them all in the same temple space, in the same sacred space. Yeah, you guys are laughing. Ha ha. Well, yes, we said, hey, you know, this is do shit, right? So we set up the temple space and I opened the one that I had permission to open and I opened mine and she opened hers. And the temperature in that room went up over 15 degrees in the space of five minutes. Okay. And the air started to be hard to breathe because there was that much energy in that space. And we looked at each other and we said, that's interesting. Let's close it down now. But the point was, we were the one of the guardrails was mindfulness. We knew that we were about to try something, okay, and we were monitoring it as we went along. And we didn't say, "Hey, let's sit here for a half an hour and see what blows up." No, we said, "Okay, this amount of temperature raised, this amount of difficulty breathing, we need to take this thing down." 
And so she closed hers, I closed mine, and then I closed the third one. And then the temperature, and we let go of everything, and the temperature dissipated, and the oxygen came back in, and life was good. Um, so there are certain guardrails, like mindfulness, because if you step into something thinking, like if Icarus had started out with, I'm going to fly and I'm going to land safely, and I'm not going to think about the journey. You know, like you were talking, Jules, about the staying in between, not too high and not too low. Pay attention to the journey. I'm not going to think about the journey. On the journey, I'm just going to, you know, fly high, fly low, do whatever I want because I'm thinking about my goal. I'm not saying to not think about your goal. Goals are important, but you have to be mindful of the journey, okay, as you go along. Because if he'd have been being mindful, okay, let's say he wanted to, hey, I want to go up to the sun. I'm not so certain dad's right, right? That he should have been paying attention. Uh-oh, I just saw a feather drop. Ah, uh, dad's right. I got to get down. I got to get down fast before I lose any more. But he was so bent on the experience and not being mindful of the, of the journey he was on that he ended up falling into the sea and drowning. So, which is, is actually a cautionary tale in the other direction too, which is don't get so lost in the experience of the moment that you forget about the goal. Right. Yeah. So and and the dangers. Right. There's there's another piece that I want to share. And this comes from a, a former boyfriend of mine who was known for blowing himself up, um, not energetically, physically. Uh, he he had multiple times done things that caused him to wake up on the other side of the room, oftentimes without his eyebrows is how he would describe it. And so. <laughs> Because something had exploded in his face and thrown him across the room, knocked him out, singed his eyebrows. So uh, he learned that there was a phrase that would come through his brain that if it came through his brain, he he would say, nope, not doing it. And that phrase was, "Ah, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Hold my beer. Yeah, basically. And so, you know, I will give you that as your cautionary tale for magic. Ah, what's the worst that could happen? I promise you the worst that could happen is something that is far beyond what you can imagine right now. So if that thought crosses your mind, the answer is probably don't do it, you know, or ask somebody who knows what the worst that could happen is probably more likely to be because you're going to be like, Oh, well, it could be this, but the unintended consequences are the things that we don't account for. Right. It's like my friend who said she wanted to live in a magical house. And I'm like, no, you don't. You do not want to live in a house where the rooms change sizes, where the hallway never goes to the same place, where the doors open to new locations each time and where random magical creatures wander through your home and wreak havoc upon your life. You do not want that. Take it back. And she was like, no, I don't want that. I take it back. She's like, that's not what I meant. I'm like, yeah, but you leave that that wide open. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get some version of that. You need to be, if you're going to make an intention like that, it needs to be very specific and and very limited, very boundaried, because otherwise shit's going to fly sideways at your face all the time. Like, and you're going to have dragon poop on your sofa that you were not expecting. Poop. That stuff never comes out. So, yeah. It smells so bad. It it smells worse than, than like horse poop and cow poop, doesn't it? Yeah. I've never it's experienced it, but I can only imagine. At least it's purple. It's purple? Yeah. I didn't know this. So, I learned something new today. <laughs> <laughs> dragon poop is purple. <laughs> So anyway, 
Um, uh, any last thoughts on Icarus, Kathy? Or are you feeling complete with the Icarus journey? I, I think that the thing that the long, I mean, and I didn't even give all the details, but the longer version of it, that the biggest piece that surprised me was Daedalus's warning, which is in every version of it I looked up, included don't fly too low. Okay, is that we all know about the don't fly too high because that's what he did, right? And the wax melted and the feathers fell and he died. But there was also a don't fly too low. You know, don't set your sights too low either. You know, don't don't lean back and be afraid of stepping onto the path of taking the risks of moving forward. It's there's a there's a golden, you know, pathway through it that isn't too high or too low. And that um Exactly. And to not only worry, and to remember that there's such a thing as not taking enough risk. And that's the sages, right? The sages come in and collect all the information, but never take the risk of doing it. And so that's, so they have a lot of information, but they don't have a lot of practical knowledge. So that was my big takeaway from this one. Mm-hmm. Take a risk, but don't be stupid about it. <laughs> is, that and is that the Kellyism? That's the Kellyism for the day. <laughs> Do we have a Kathyism? Trust your own judgment, but don't be afraid to ask. There you go. And I, I want to say, instead of don't be stupid about it, I, what I really want to say is don't be reckless about it because reckless is really the relevant piece. Yeah. All right. There you Rock go. and roll, hoochie coo. That's it. Kathy, thank you so much. for. I was so excited to have you on. I've known you for like two years, but this is the first time that I'm able to, you know, as a co-host, record a podcast with you. So like super exciting for me and also kind of like, you know, coming full circle and, you know, all that. So way cool for me. Yeah, it was great to see you again, too. It's been a while. It's it's been a minute. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all that we have for this week, folks. Tune in next time when Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Jules, here with Kelly Sparta and Kathy. How do you say your Shire. last name? Shire. 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 I knew that. Shire. And I'm like, I'm going to screw her name up. And you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon. Within my car, I'm all alone, but feeling good and feeling strong, knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself, I'm driving. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. 
and it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.